thank you for listening to our podcast. We pray that the word that you hear on this program will encourage, strengthen, and motivate you to do the will of God. Be blessed by today's message. I'd like to welcome you to today's podcast. Um, There's a lot going on around us today. And the Lord gave me a message that I shared in church. Um, And as I was speaking this message, I knew that it just wasn't for the people that were under the sound of my voice at that time. I knew that this was a message that I needed to add on the podcast because it is so relevant to the time that we are in right now. I'm not going to give it away, but I encourage you to listen to this message in its entirety. When the message was finished, the Lord spoke to me to have the leaders of the prayer team that we've been praying every night for the past month and then three or four days a week for the past three or four months the leaders of that to come together and pray one at a time for what the Lord would have upon their heart. And I know this being a a church service, it is still relevant for you because the word that the Holy Spirit gave me in this message was for people like you and me to arise to the occasion and listen to the voice of God calling us out of where we are so that we could be a part of the remnant. Hear us from heaven. Touch our generation, for we are your people crying out in desperation, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, we bless your name tonight. We bless your name tonight, Lord, for there's nobody nobody as holy as you oh tonight Lord as in the word the man of God said I have to take off my shoes for the place that I'm standing is holy ground Lord we may not take off our shoes this night but Lord we take off the carnal mind the carnal thinking the thing that would may rise up a hindrance from us being attentive to your word tonight because the place we are standing tonight is holy ground because your presence is here Lord, God, we we ask you to have your way in this place tonight, Lord. Have your way in this place in the name of Jesus. Lord, God, we set our our self aside. We we crucify our our flesh tonight in Jesus' name. And we say, God, have your way in this place in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. I believe the Lord has given me a word for tonight. 
turn with me to 1 Samuel chapter 3. I was telling Sister Marilyn, Sister Terry this evening that throughout this week, I've been praying for the Lord to, to put a word in my heart for the church for this, for this night. And someone told me a long time ago, and it didn't make a lot of sense whenever you don't have uh, an engagement to speak. But when the time comes, if you've ever been behind this pulpit or, or, or had to speak and, and break the bread, you'll understand what I'm saying. He said to me, don't ever study, don't ever prepare a message for the church. Don't ever, if you have, if you're to minister on a Wednesday or a Sunday or at a, a, spe a specific church or you have a certain time, don't ever just get in your word and just plan a message and get all your notes together. He said, let the spirit of the Lord speak to your heart and out of the abundance of your heart, the word that he has on your heart for that time, let that be the message that you write down because it's then you won't need no notes because it's going to be in your heart. And, and all of that has proven itself time and time again. There's many times that I've, I've been preparing God, what do you have for me to minister on? And time and time again, I feel in my, my mind I have nothing and then I'm reminded, what do, what do I feel if I don't feel anything? That's when I begin to get convicted because the word of the Lord should always be in my mind. I, I wrote down a note. I wish I had it in front of me to share it with you. And I've been praying against carnal mind and carnal thinking for the past couple of days. And in, even in my, my daily prayers, because I believe the two biggest things that the, the church, I'll say the church of God, but I'm not meaning our organization, but the church, the church now the two biggest things that in the spirit they are fighting against, and they're both fleshly, that is the carnal mind, and that is the pride of man. And those are the two main things. If we really want to see a move of God, if we want to see the Lord light these altars up on fire once again, we have to get rid of the carnal mind, the carnal thinking. And, and the, the carnal mind is simply this. When you take your mind off for, even if it's for a moment, okay, when you're in a church service such as tonight or anytime someone is speaking and, and your spirit is stirred about the things of God and you, in your mind, you say to the Lord, Lord, I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I, my mind is attentive to the things of the Lord because I know that time is running out. That's, that is a mind of the spirit. That's not a carnal mind. But when we walk out of the doors of the church, we go home, go to sleep, and we wake up, and the first thing that comes to our mind is the agenda for the day. And you say, how could you not, how, how are we supposed to have a mind of Christ at all times? I'm telling you, if we look back in time of, of the great revivals, and let's just go past the revivals, even in the word of great and mighty things, people like Moses that he set everything aside. And I know what you would you would agree with me that it's not always easy to not worry about our tomorrow, not worry about how our bills are going to get paid, how our family is not going to get provided for, how our children are not going to get an education. 
But I believe that we're in a time where we have to take this word literal. If God says to seek ye first the kingdom of God, seek ye first the will of God in all things, I believe that's exactly what he's trying to say. Yes, we have needs. Yes, we have things. I, in, in myself, this is not where my notes are, but this is where I feel led to start with to give us a, a foundation for this word tonight because it all goes hand in hand. You can't get to where I'm talking about tonight unless you follow the steps that the word of God gives us. We have to be willing to daily sacrifice our flesh. I don't mean kill yourself. I mean, the flesh, what are some fleshly things that we do? A lot of it is, we would say it's from here up. The people of God in the church, the fleshly stuff, it's from right here up. It's what may come out of our mouth. It's what we listen to. And it's what's in our thinking. This controls the rest of our body. And, and I, I truly believe if we want to, I'm not even going to say if we want to see the move of, a move of God in the church in this world. I'm going to say this. If you want to get to heaven, this is the way, this is the key. It's not just, I know that all it takes is to be saved, to give your heart to Jesus. And I'm speaking to a church full of people that saved, so maybe there's someone else this is for. But I want this to be a, a reminder for us as children of the Lord that it. I don't want to get to heaven with my clothes half holes in it and it falling off of me. And, and I, I'm literally dragging myself into heaven and I, I stand before the Lord and he looks at me like this and I'm like, I made it, Jesus. I made it. I finally made it. It, it, took, it was hard getting here. Oh, every day was so hard, but I finally made it. I don't believe that is the will of God. I believe when I, when I imagine Brother Payne stepping into glory, it wasn't, I made it, I made it. I believe that the moment that his footstep, the gold streets, he took off running, and I, he's probably ain't stopped running. He's still running right now. So if you got your Bibles open, first, cha first, Samuel, first Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to read a good little bit tonight, but I want you to follow along with me. Like I said, I'm, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, the NLT version, if you have, if you have a way to, to convert it to that version. First Samuel chapter 3, beginning in verse 1. Meanwhile, the boy Samuel served the Lord by assisting Eli. Now, in those days, messages from the Lord were very rare, and visions were quite uncommon. If the Lord spoke to Samuel back then in a day where the Bible says that the dreams and the vision, the speaking from the Lord was very rare, in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 says, I will pour out my spirit upon all people. This is speaking of the days that we're living in now. I will pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. This is a time where they said it was rare to, to get a visitation from the Lord as what Samuel was about to encounter. 
But we're living in times where it's an open heaven. If we, if we go a day without hearing a word from the Lord, then something, something's, something's not right. Because the, there is an open, there's an open heaven, and the Lord is wanting to conversate with us daily throughout the day. Let's go to verse 2. It says, one night while Eli, who was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. Now, this is, this is the Samuel was assisting Eli. Um, he was, was he a king? Sister Mary, I believe he was a king, Eli. He was, he was some, a priest. He was a priest. And the Bible says, one night Eli, while he was almost blind by now, had gone to bed. And verse 3 says, the lamp of God, the lamp, L-A-M-P, the lamp of God had not yet gone out. And Samuel was sleeping in the tabernacle near the ark of God. Now, this story that I'm reading, I'm sure is extremely familiar to most of us. But as I was reading this, the Lord just, just, it just, my spirit began to spring up of this time that we're living in. Verse four says, suddenly the Lord called out, Samuel. Yes, Samuel replied, what is it? Verse five says, he got up and he ran to Eli. Here I am, did you call me? So here is Samuel. He hears a voice that says his name. He jumps out of bed and he runs over to Eli because that's who he thought that had called him. He said, did you call me? I didn't call you, Eli replied. Go back to bed. So he did. Verse 6 says, then the Lord called out again, Samuel. Again, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Did you call me? I didn't call you, my son, Eli said. Now go back to bed. There's a reason why I'm reading all this. Verse 7 says, Samuel did not yet know the Lord because he had never had a message from the Lord before. Verse 8 says, so the Lord called a third time. And once more, Samuel got up and went to Eli. Here I am. Why do you call me? Then Eli realized that it was the Lord who was calling him. Verse 9 says, so he said to Samuel, God said to Samuel, go and lie down again. And if someone calls again, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went back to bed. Maybe it was Eli that spoke to Samuel and said, go lie down again. If someone calls, he knew that it was going to be the Lord speaking to him because Eli knew that it wasn't him talking and there was nobody else in the room. At that moment, Samuel knew that it had to be the Lord speaking to him. Let's go to verse 10. And the Lord came and called before Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel replied, speak, your servant is listening. Then the Lord said to Samuel, I'm about to do a shocking thing in Israel. I'm going to, I'm going to change not that I'm changing the, the word of, of, of the word of God, but I want to change Israel to America. And I want to change the name of Samuel. I want you to insert your name as I read this again. Suddenly the Lord called out your name while you were sleeping. 
Yes, you replied. What is it? You got up and you ran to who you thought it was. Did you call me? And they said, no, I didn't. You go back to sleep. The Lord calls out your name again. And you wake up and you go to who you think it was that called out your name. And you, you go back to sleep again. And this time here, you're, you're, you know that it's not just the person who you thought it was the first and the second time. This time, you know it must be from God. So this time, you go back to sleep. Uh, the Lord calls your name again. Then you realize it's God calling you. And, and uh, then you say, the Lord says to you, I'm about to do a shocking thing in America. And I'm about to call out all my threats against those around you that are sinning and their families from beginning to the end. Now, again, I'm changing the words of this to put you in this story. Verse 13, he said, I have warned him. This is the Lord saying, I have warned him that judgment is coming upon his family. Now take his family and take it and put it upon the sin of what we sing that's all around us today that the Lord has spoken over and over again He's not going to put up with it. I have warned them that judgment is coming upon his family forever because his sons are blaspheming God and he hasn't disciplined them. So I have vowed for the sons of Eli and his, and his sons will never be forgiven by sacrifices or offering. And verse 15 says, Samuel, staying in bed until morning, then he got up and opened the doors of the tabernacle as usual. He was afraid to go tell Eli what the Lord said to him because he knew it was about him. See, the Spirit of the Lord will give you boldness to perform the, the thing that he tells you to do. And God knows in this time, these days we're living in, we need the boldness of the Holy Spirit. We need the boldness of the Lord. Verse 16 says, but Eli called out to him, Samuel, my son, here I am, Samuel replied. What did the Lord say to you? Tell me everything. And may God strike you and even kill you if you hide even one thing from me. Verse 18 says, so Samuel told Eli everything. Everything. Sorry, Isaac, he's been getting on me for saying everything. Everything. He didn't hold anything back. It isn't the Lord's will, Eli replied, let it is the Lord's will, Eli replied. Let him do what he thinks best. Verse 19 says, as Samuel grew up, this last verse, the Lord was with him, and everything that Samuel said proved to be reliable. See, the Lord got the attention of Samuel. And where I'm going with this is, and like I said, I'm not going to be here very long because I feel led for us to come together and pray tonight. There's a lot of things that's going on, even in our state and in our nation, that uh, we can't afford to even skip a night if the Lord's called us to come together and pray. We're going to, we're going to pray. But the Lord got the attention of Samuel. Samuel had a lot going on. And I'm sure, although Samuel was being obedient to who he was placed under a man that was not doing the will of God. His children, they were so full of sin. They were blaspheming against God. They were so full in the things of the enemy. And I find myself as I read this story kind of like Samuel. God has strategically positioned us, and I refer to this a lot lately, that 
where you are right, not where you are, just for you to be able to breathe today, God has strategically placed you here in this time, in this moment for a reason. You don't live in Africa. You don't live in Australia. You don't live in Jamaica or Japan. Your life wasn't 500 years ago. Your life wasn't 1,000 years ago. Your name isn't in the Bible. God has strategically appointed you here for this hour, and the Lord is trying to get our attention because he needs us to wake up out of the sleep and some of us right here he has tried more than once to wake me up and get my attention to where I believe the Lord I finally answered the Lord to be where I am right now as Samuel had to be woke up three times by God I believe that in this hour the Lord The key word for tonight and the title of this short message would be rise up remnant. Because everywhere in the Bible, think about this for a moment. Go with me. Let's go back to the beginning of the fall of sin. When when sin happened, a lot of things changed. And from the moment that, that sin was in this world, there was good and there was bad. There was, at all, there was at least one person, at least one person from the beginning of time when there was at least, from Adam and Eve, and when God instructed Adam and Eve and they were, they were taken out of the Garden of Eden, there was always at least one person that was willing to hear from God. And where there was one person and God was, no matter who it was, God was always working on them. And I'm sure bringing through conviction and reminding them of them if you continue to sin. But they had a heart for the will of God. If you're here tonight, I really believe that you, um, you choose to be here tonight. I'm not saying for people that aren't here, that they don't fall in this category. But I believe for, for the, the true church of, of God today, and then again, not our, our organization, but the true church of God, if they are, um, if they continue to be faithful today after what we've all been through and what a lot of families have been through, if you're able to go through that and still stand, I believe you are part of the remnant. Because from the beginning of time, now think about this, go with me. There's always been at least one person that sought after the Lord's will. And I keep referring to a small amount of people because a small amount of people after the heart, after the the will of God is all that it takes. A remnant, I've heard said a remnant is, could be as little as as 10% of, of a nation we know that although we know in the Bible days, in, in the Bible it speaks of, of, of the end time harvest and, and a revival that's going to take place. We are believed for millions and millions and millions of souls. We were believing for that. But does the Bible say that the entire world is going to fall on their knees and surrender their hearts to the Lord? And everyone that has ever lived will be in heaven one day. 
The Bible does not say that. I wish, I wish that that was how it all ended, but that is not what the Bible says. And for that reason, God is calling a handful of people. When we look in the book of Acts, be through the obedience of God, they gathered together and something happened in that room that we wouldn't, I, we wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for what happened in that room because I wouldn't have made it as far as I am here today if it wasn't for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It was a handful of people. Look, let's, go to, let's go to Noah. Let's go to Noah. When the Lord spoke to him to build a boat in a time where there was no water nowhere around, some people believe that it never rained up until that time. It was the obedience of one man and his children. If it wasn't for that remnant of just that handful of people, we wouldn't be here today. Think about that. If Noah had not obeyed the instruction of the Lord, you and I, there would be no one alive today because that flood would have wiped everyone, every living creature completely in this world would be completely dead. There would be no life and we'd all be in hell for eternity. But there was a remnant. There was a handful of people, Noah and his wife and his sons and their wives is through the obedience of the Lord, the Lord used that handful of people. I keep, I keep hitting on this because I want you to know that, that, you sitting there, maybe the person beside you may not choose to be a part of that remnant. I keep going back in my mind of what the Spirit of the Lord said to us and speaking of this time that we are in and how we are acquiring the fire of God. And the Lord spoke to us and said, pray for everyone, but don't worry about who is who is." in the middle of what God is doing at this moment because he said, I'm going to send a fire that's going to be so hot with the remnant. I'm going to start with the remnant. I'm going to send a fire that's going to be so hot and so strong that anyone that gets near it, there's, see, there's going to be some people when they see the fire when they feel the heat from the fire, they're going to run away. They don't want nothing to do with it. But the, you go around a campfire and you, you got a fire. What happens? It attracts people. It attracts people, especially when it's cold outside. You got a campfire going, it attracts people. Especially you get a guitar out there, it attracts people. Get some worship going, it attracts people. And the Lord said that through the remnant, the the for a hunger of God, those that would have a hunger of God, that the Lord is going to send a fire in the midst of the remnant that it's going to affect everyone that comes in contact or that comes around the fire. If you Have you ever tried to put a piece of wood in fire that the wood was wet but the fire was hot? It, won't, it wouldn't light up, but let it sit in there for a while and what happens? The heat from the fire sucks the water out of the wood, and before long, that wood becomes consumed. That's what the Spirit of the Lord spoke to the church. 
All he needs is a remnant. The remnant is anyone who says, I choose to set aside my dreams, my, my thoughts, and Lord, I'm going to pursue what your word says because I know that through your word, I will have, your word even says that you will give us the desires of our heart. So if the desires of your heart is for to have my heart, Lord, I give you my heart in the name of Jesus. See, listen here. He has a need of us. I don't want this message just to be just another good message. And I was thinking today that um, we need to take out the pews. We need to take out the pews. If the church has had chairs, we need to take out the chairs out of the whole church. You say, why? Because the church don't have no time to sit. I know this, this word tonight is, is a little different. It may sound a little slow, but I just want to get like a teacher or like I remember the teachers to me, they would say something slow and they'd say it over and over and over again. And the whole rest of the day, I was thinking about what they were saying. This message, I don't want you to leave tonight and say, oh, that was a good message. And Wednesday night, next Wednesday, next Sunday comes up. You don't even remember what it was. My prayer is this, this message of the remnant would burn upon your heart. Romans 9, verse 27 through 29. If you all want to come back to, to or at least mom to play something softly. Romans 9, verse 29. I'm summing it all up with this. Verse, Romans 9, chapter, chapter 9, verse 27, 28, and 29. This is from the Passion Translation. Listen to me carefully. Listen to me carefully. And the prophet Isaiah cries out to Israel, through the, though the children of Israel are as many as the sands of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. I'm going to repeat that again. Though the children of Israel, God spoke to the children of Israel. He didn't just say a handful. God spoke to every one of them. Every one of them. He said, though the children of Israel are as many as the sand of the seashore, only a remnant will be saved. Verse 28 says, for the Lord, listen to this, for the Lord will act and carry out his word on the earth and waste no time to accomplish it. We don't have time to waste. Verse 29 says, just as Isaiah saw it coming and prophesied, if the Lord God of angel armies had not left us a remnant, we would not have been destroyed like Sodom and left desolate like Gomorrah. This word went forth and said, though this word could have covered all the sand in the seashore, could have covered everyone under the sound of the pastor as he ministers, everyone that would consider themselves to be where the Lord wants them to be, the Lord says, there's just a small remnant of people that's going to pick up his word 
I know this is a hard word tonight. I know it is. The Lord has taught me this year. You know, sometimes when you when you worry about our tomorrow, all you got to do is look back and see what the Lord brought you from and how you got to where you are and that worry should just instantly leave. Because, like I said, if you can control from right here up, I want to be a part of the remnant. I want to be a part. I want to be a part. We can't do this unless we have others that are around us. And I know it's, it, it's, not, it's not going to be, these last days is not going to be like in our minds we think, we think that it will be. I believe the Lord has spoken and, and I'm, going to, I'm going to have them to come and pray here in a moment at a time, but I believe that the Lord has spoken and to us, and, and I've shared this over and over as we prayed, that in these last days, that Sister Marilyn ministered a couple of weeks ago, the Lord has shown us his side of the, the, you know, the Bible speaks of him being a lion, of it being a lamb and also being a lion. The Lord has already revealed to us his, the spirit of the lamb. But I believe that he's coming back. I believe that he's going to reveal to the world and, and not, not to take what you said and, and redo it, but I've been thinking about what you said so much, Sister Marilyn. You guys, we're living in a time, just look 100 miles over with Louisville right now, what's going on. We have people that no, no matter, no, let, let's, let's take the, the, whole, the, the whole politic thing to the side. We have a people this generation, listen carefully, this generation that is here right now, their mind is so deep into what they believe that they won't allow nothing to change their thoughts. They're willing to die for what they believe. I listened to someone today talking about Adolf Hitler and how these young men that were followers of him, that were his, his people, they were willing to die for Adolf Hitler. These people that we see that are, that are doing things that are so violent, that go so against the word of God, they have a mindset that is so direct that they won't look to the left. They won't look to the right. They're focusing on the thing that has their attention. And as Sister Marilyn ministered the other day, that is the generation. That's why it's so hard. That's why this generation is, there's like a chain that's disconnected. And we feel like we can't connect to this generation because the enemy knows what power and how the Lord can work through a generation that sets their mind upon something that's willing to die for the cause. And 
We've been praying for this generation, but if you can see in the spirit of how the enemy is taking God's plan, and he's a copycat, he's a liar, he's taking the plan of God and he's using it and he thinks that it's going to prosper. He thinks that it's going to, he thinks he's going to be able to destroy. Yes, we might see massive bloodshed. We might see all kind of things, crazy things happen in this world. But I believe that through the prayers of the praying church and the remnant, that we're going to see the hearts of people that have a mind that is set to do their thoughts. Let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit is so it's so powerful. His word is so powerful that he's able to penetrate through a calloused heart. He's able to penetrate through a calloused mind. And it's only by and through his word will we see a generation run to the things of God. And through this, the same generation that we see that are fighting for the cause of sin They're going to turn around and they're going to be so on fire for the things of God that they don't care if they die for the cause. They don't care about the people on the left. They don't care about the people on the right. They're going to stand out in the streets instead of setting a business on fire with fire. They're going to set a town on fire with the Spirit of God. That is why we're in a time where it seems so hard. It's so hard to relate to what's going on in the world right now because it's literally, it's spirit of God against the spirit of Satan. We are seeing spiritual things manifest right before our eyes. But the Holy Spirit... He that is in me is greater than he that is in this world. And he has given you and he has given me the power to rise up. And only through his word and only through prayer and supplication with him will we able to rise above and be the remnant that he has called the church so that we can see not just crawling into heaven, and say, oh, God, I made it. Oh, God, I made it. But we'll be able to run into heaven with a chain of people behind us rejoicing for we have, we have listened to his word. We have set aside our carnal minds, our prideful thinking, and we have lifted up the Lord, and we are going to see this thing happen. We're going to see this thing happen. Our church is going to see this thing happen. And if if I've never believed upon nothing in in the entire world, I believe that we're about to witness something that the world has never seen before. There's been a lot of shaking. There's been a lot of shaking. And, And come on up here. There's been a lot of shaking. But I believe that the Lord said he's going to begin to stir because when there's a shaking, that's something that happens like an earthquake on the outside. It may, it may shake some of the stuff that's on the inside, but we've been praying for a stirring because a stirring is what happens on the inside and it affects the outside. Oh, Holy Spirit, we pray tonight, Lord. We pray for a stirring. We pray that there would be a remnant of people that would rise and say, yes, Lord, yes to your will, yes to your word. Oh, Lord, that you would help me abide by your will because, Lord, it is going to be a daily life of sacrificing my flesh, sacrificing my thoughts, sacrificing the very thing that I've lived for my entire life to know that if you call me 
to quit my job and move to Africa, that I know I have to be obedient to you. If you call me to stand upside down in the middle of the road for whatever reason, I have to be obedient to you. Just like you spoke to Noah to build a boat in the middle of somewhere where there was no water. People made fun of him, but through the obedience of one man in his family, you saved a whole generation. Lord, I believe you're speaking to your church to rise. Rise, Lord, to the call that you placed upon them. Oh, Lord, I pray for those that are hungry for more of you, that are hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, your word says that you will not hold back anything, Lord, that is good from your people. I pray in the name of Jesus, oh, God, for a filling. Oh, God, you will not hold back nothing, God. It is a gift from you, God. We struggle. We struggle with things because we don't understand how easy it really is. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I, but before we pray, I just want to, I want to declare this. I want to speak this because it's, this has been in my heart. For those that are praying for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I remember as a kid, there were people, young people that would come to our church during revivals and they say they've been praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost for years and years. I remember there was a young girl that came down to the altar when the youth was there and we began to pray for her and mom was there and, and this young girl says, I'm praying for the baptism of the Holy Ghost, the real deal, the real thing. And, and she said that someone told me if you just start saying, so much that all of a sudden it's going to change into that and that's not what happened it's so much easier than that it's so much easier if I recall that girl got set she got she got what she came for she got baptized with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in tongues and I just want to release this word tonight that this is how easy it is to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit by, with evidence of speaking in other tongues all you have to do is be saved their requirement is be saved and ask the Lord to remove anything out of your life that is not like him. Whether it be through unforgiveness, whether it be of doubt and thinking in your mind, ask the Lord, Lord, I repent of my sins and I ask you to remove anything in my life that's not of you, anything that would hinder me, any curse that may be upon my life, whether it be through a previous generation, a sin that they did that may have fallen down upon me through a generational curse, I, I rebuke it in Jesus' name and I declare you as my Savior and I am free from anything that would hinder me from receiving your fullness. If you say that prayer and you mean it in your heart, all you have to do now is begin to raise your hands and begin to worship the Lord. Just worship the Lord right where you are and say, Lord, you said to me that this, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is a gift. So right now, this moment, Lord God, I receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. And when you say that prayer, when you say that prayer, when you say that prayer and you mean it with your heart, you know there's nothing there in a form of worship. You say, Lord, baptize me with the Holy Spirit with evidence of speaking in other tongues. The Bible says that there will be an utterance that will come from you and that utterance will be something inside your stomach. You might think that it's all of a sudden you're just gonna start No, that's not what happens. You have to take that utterance that's inside your stomach and through faith you have to begin to speak. Whether it be 
whatever it may be, whatever you're feeling in your stomach, begin to speak what you feel. And as more you speak and the more you speak and the more you speak, the Bible says out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. And my friend, you can raise your hands and shout and begin to rejoice because at that very moment, you just received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And just as in the word, he said, you wait here. You, he told the people to wait here until you receive the baptism. Don't go out there and begin to do what you think that I've called you to do. You wait here until you are filled with the Holy Ghost. And at that moment, when you receive it and you know that it's real, you know that he is real, he will set a fire inside of you. You will be able to speak to people you never thought you knew you can speak to. The Holy Spirit will direct you in how to pray. He would direct you in how to dig. He would direct you in how to go in places and do things you never thought was possible. But you always remember, don't let the pride, don't let the carnal mind become a way of thinking because you always got to remember the same way you became humble. When you received him, you got to remain humble. You got to remain faithful. You got to remain humble. And you know that the Lord goes before you. It was the Lord that gave you the utterance when you began to speak those words. It's the Holy Spirit that will give you the guidance. He will speak to you and he will show you what his his will is and when you don't know what to do the word of God says you just stand you just stand hallelujah hallelujah sister Marilyn if you come here and pray the way you feel led to pray tonight hallelujah father we thank you Lord for your goodness and your mercy I thank you, Father, that you've called us, Lord, into a season of prayer. I thank you, Father, that you've called us, Lord, into a season of revival because I feel you, Lord. I feel you, God, rising up in us, Father, in your church, oh God. I feel you rising up in our brothers and our sisters, God. I feel revival spirit, God, beginning to move in and out of us, little Lord. I, God, I feel something in the house. I feel it at home, Lord. I feel a change in me. I feel a change in our church. I feel a change in my brothers and my sisters, God. I feel a change. God happening in the heavenlies God I feel something moving father I feel a shift God I feel like something is happening father and Lord I don't only feel it I know it God because I know God that you've placed a knower inside of me God I feel it by faith God I know it by faith because Lord you've told us God that that's what we've got to do I believe God in the name of Jesus that as we come into this season of prayer God that there are some of us, Lord, that won't understand it. Some of us don't understand what we're talking about in the Spirit. But, oh, God, in the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, that you would lift us up, God, and that you would fill us with the Holy Ghost and fire, God, those that are seeking for it. I pray, God, that you would fill us. Oh, God, we prayed last night for our young men and our young women. I'm praying, God, in the name of Jesus, that you would fill us, oh, God, that you would fill our mouths, God, that you would make us give us holy boldness God and a backbone God to speak up Lord the devil doesn't have a problem God 
finding disciples to speak up. Lord, in the name of Jesus, raise up prophets in your house. Raise up young men and women in your house, God, to open their mouth, God, and speak, Lord. Raise up prophets, God, in your house, Lord, to be bold, Lord, to go before kings and presidents, to go before officials, God, to go before mayors, God, to go before, God, every the school systems, God. We're paying colleges, God, to turn our sons and our daughters into atheists, oh God. In the name of Jesus, let's turn that thing around. Oh God, I call that thing, Lord. That is evil, God. I've cursed that thing in the name of Jesus. I curse that thing, God, in the name of Jesus. That thing that got a hold of my son, I curse it in the name of Jesus. My son, God, that was on the road to glory is now, God, an unbeliever, God. I curse that in the name of Jesus. I call that thing that is not as though it were. God, you, Lord, called him. You, Lord, called him from a baby. And now, God, you're gonna bring him out of that unbelief in the name of Jesus. Is somebody in this house gonna agree with me on Jonathan? Is somebody in this house gonna agree with me on Jonathan? Oh, call his name. Call his name for me. Father, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I call my grandkids. I call our grandchildren, God. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I call our grandchildren, Lord. Oh, don't skip a generation, oh God. Don't skip a generation, oh God. I call our grandchildren, oh Lord, to preach the gospel. Lord, raise up God an army. Raise them up, Lord. Raise up an army, oh God. In the name of Jesus, I curse this virus. I curse it. In the name of Jesus, I think it's from the devil. I think it was brought here by the devil. I think it was sent, God, just to get us distracted from everything that's going on. I think this year was a year of destiny. I think this year was important. I think 2020 was important. I think 2020 was a year, God, that should have been a whole lot different than what it was. But here the devil decided, I'm gonna turn this thing around. And the church was asleep. You see, the church has been asleep for a long time. Oh God, you've prophesied to us that the church would be asleep. You said in Matthew 25 that all the church was asleep. All the virgins were asleep. God, when the trumpet sounded, they were all asleep. But God, thank God, there were some of them that did have enough oil that when the bridegroom came, they at least had enough oil. Oh God, I'm praying in the name of Jesus. Oh God, that you would help us, Lord, as the church of God, that we, God, would not be backslidden, but oh God, that we would be on fire for you in the name of Jesus, that we would be Pentecostal in the name of Jesus. I curse this coronavirus. I curse it in the name of Jesus. I will not be afraid of it. I stand against it in the name of Jesus. 
I stand against the political left in the name of Jesus. I stand against them in the name of Jesus. I stand against the abortion doctors in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. I stand against that evil when you will allow a full-grown baby to be born and you lay it on an abortion table and let it die or even kill it. That is evil in the first degree. I curse that in the name of Jesus. It's no wonder, Lord, that you are bringing judgment to this nation, oh God. And we repent of it, oh God. We repent of it, Lord. The church repents of it. God, our sin is that we have sat here all the day long, like Matt has said. Our sin is from here up, that we have sat here and lulled ourselves to sleep, watching the television set, being comfortable in our pews and behind these walls ashamed to tell the world that we're Pentecostal ashamed to tell the world that we're holy people that we're holiness people ashamed to tell them who we are but oh God in the name of Jesus let the church rise up and pray against the enemies of the church of God amen in the name of Jesus I believe, God, that you've got some cosmic ground in the house, oh God. I believe, Lord, that you've got some holy ground. Oh, you told Moses to take his shoes off because the ground that he was standing on was holy ground. My husband came out here to this ground about 36 or 37 years ago and he walked five acres of this property and the Lord commissioned this ground to be holy. He said, Lonnie Darty, this land is holy ground. I'm consecrating this ground to the Lord. I believe this is cosmic ground. Woo! You know what that means? That means the devil has no authority here. This is holy ground. Take your shoes off, Moses, because you're on holy ground. There are some places that the devil cannot go. It's your house. It's this house. You just got to make up your mind that where I am, amen, is holy ground. This is holy ground. This is cosmic ground. This is his ground. They learned that when the Philistines took the Ark of the Covenant, they took God's ground and they put it in their temple with Dagon. And they got up the next morning and Dagon was laying face first with his hands cut off. They put him up and the next day they came in and Dagon was laying face down with his feet cut off. They come in the next day and Dagon was laying there with his head cut off and they decided 
this is Yahweh's ground. And from that moment on, they did not go across the threshold because that was cosmic ground. That was Yahweh's ground. The Philistines said, I can't walk on Yahweh's ground from this moment on. There's some places that the devil will not go. And some of us, oh God, need to learn that there are some places that the devil cannot go. Oh, somebody said, I'm going high where the devil cannot go. Hey, if you're tired of low living, if you're tired of low living, it's about time some of us started living higher. Amen, than we've been living. Somebody needs to live up there. Woo! Holy living. I'm supposed to pray. That's about halfway praying and preaching, Lord. Amen. I'm telling you, I'm getting tired of the devil stepping on my territory. I'm getting tired of him walking on our turf. I believe we ought to claim a few of our kids as cosmic territory. I think we ought to claim Nancy as cosmic territory. I think we ought to claim our babies, come on Joshua, as cosmic territory. These are our babies. They're our babies, they're gods. Aaron, cosmic territory. This is Yahweh's. You can't have them. Jonathan, I dedicated that boy to God. 46 years ago. And devil, I don't care what you throw at him. I gave him to Yahweh a long time ago, devil. And you can't have him. I believe when I stand before Jehovah, one of these days I'm going to have my son standing right there with me because he's cosmic territory. Woo! I think I'll call John tonight and tell him, John, you're cosmic territory. It don't matter. You can make up your mind if you want to. You can do all, all the things, all these things you think you're so smart. He thinks he's so smart. Oh, yes, there's a designer. There's an intelligent God up there. I thought he sure is. He's too smart for you, boy. He's too smart for us. He's too smart for John. He's too smart for me. But I'm going to tell you that my God has me in the palm of his hand. And he's got this church in the palm of his hand. He's got all of us in the palm of his hand. I don't have to worry about Corona. I don't have to worry about 2020. I don't have to worry about any of this because God's got it already done. Amen. Hallelujah, 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 Bill, hallelujah. I'm gonna have my children 
They are my cosmic territory. I'm going to have them, amen, standing with me and their daddy in glory. I didn't bring them into this world to let them die and go to hell. They're going to be part of mine, amen. They're part of me, and they're going to glory with me. The devil is a liar, and I know it. He was from the beginning, amen. funny I was sitting here and I was worshiping and and before I pray man is this okay it's okay hallelujah I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna act like brother Payne now I'm old enough I stand in here and I was worshiping and I was praying and all of a sudden I seen this in my spirit and I mean, it's not something that comes to my mind quite often, but I seen it and I seen the man walking the ground while we were worshiping. <laughs> and I heard the Lord say, my man of God claimed the territory. And I'm still honoring what I've given to him. I'm honoring what I promised him I'm still honoring that so God's here amen and then I had a scripture come to my mind and I said God I don't know if this is time or not but I'm telling you we got to make time for God but I don't have my glasses I'm gonna I want to read this but I have sunglasses it's prescription uh, got some reading in them can I read this God I'm telling you when you think you know it you don't know it Hallelujah. But you know we need to know it, don't we, Matt? Scripture I've been quoting and praying. If my people which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will heal their land. This was a feast of dedication. It was God's promise. Solomon had finished the house of the Lord, the king's house, and all that and all that came to into Solomon's heart to make his house the Lord's. And his own house, he prospered in it. And the Lord appeared to Solomon by night, and he said unto him, I have heard thy prayers, and I have chosen this place to make myself a house of sacrifice. I've chose this house. If I shut up heaven, God said, if I shut up heaven, that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people, then he says, but if my people, which are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven. You know what God told Solomon? He said, Solomon, I don't care what comes. If I 
end it. If you just pray, it'll change. Because you prayed. Was that not good? Have you seen that? God said, if I don't send any rain, if I devour some things, if I send the locusts, if my people will pray and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear from heaven. He said, my ears will be attentive unto you. It doesn't matter what kind of locusts, what kind of trouble, what kind of heartache, what kind of pain. If my people pray, I'll turn it around. I'll turn it around. I'll turn it around. Because there was a place that was dedicated to the Lord. Because the man of God dedicated it to the Lord and consecrated unto God. God honored it and it's still sanctioned today. So Father, I believe not only this ground, not only this ground, but the ground of the United States of America. That God, that it was dedicated by our forefathers, it was consecrated to you. We put on our money in God we trust. So we're asking for you, Father, to turn it around. We've repented and we're in the Rosh Hashanah time of repentance. And we're asking you, Father, to turn our nation around. God, we're asking you to, for, you to forgive us of our sins. God, to forgive us where we have failed. Forgive us where we have not honored our God and truly the only true God and served you with all our hearts and with all our souls. God, we're asking for our America. We're asking for this nation that we believe is supposed to be a beacon in the darkness. For this nation that's supposed to rise up and God produce the missionaries and the prophets and the evangelists to carry out the gospel of Jesus Christ into this world. God, I pray right now in the name of Jesus, God, that these things be turned today during this time of prayer that this nation would turn her heart back to God that God, she would repent of her sins and she would cry out to you and she would say, Lord, forgive us. And you would hear her and you would answer. God, that you would heal and do your wonderful works among your people. God, we pray over the racial divide that Father, this ugly thing, God, that it seems so is injustice is God on both hands. We pray for not just justice only, but we pray for righteousness. Righteousness, the, the spirit of righteousness to prevail. God, in this land, I pray that God, even today, as our hearts are heavy and our hearts are burdened, what might happen in our state, that we pray, Father, that we would look to you with all our hearts and with all our souls and we'd repent and watch you turn this thing.
God, in Jesus' name, that this state that we live in, that we pray for, that we have a heart for, would rise up out of the ashes, that would rise up out of the divide, that would rise up out of the poverty, oh God, that is among us, Lord, and we would rise up and be a four leader in God taking this gospel in Jesus' name, that God, we would, God, do what you want us to do and that we'd not fail to give you the glory and the praise and the honor in Jesus' name. I'm believing, God, for this election to go in your way. I'm believing and I'm praying for it to go to your way, Father, your way, your will be done. For that's what we pray is thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Dear God, as a parent goes to the bed of a child to wake them up for the day, you've got our attention, God. As the prophet Samuel was instructed to rise up when they were shaken by your voice and say, here I am, Lord. We declare those words in a corporate way. Here we are, God. You've woken us with conviction, God. You've shooken us with your word, Lord Jesus. You're waking us up from slumber. And we say tonight, here we are, Lord Jesus, because we know that you can't speak to us until we are attentive and we are facing your face, God. And so we, with our heart, we face you tonight, God. We say, here we are, God. Speak to us, Lord. Your word declares that your eye is upon the righteous and your your ear is attentive to our prayer, but, the, but your face is against those who do evil, God. And I thank you for your blood who has made us righteous, God. And so because you've made us righteous, we stand in the gap for those who are doing evil so that you don't have to turn your face from them, God. You placed us here to stand in the gap for those who are evil, God, so that they would turn to you so that you can turn your face toward them, God. Oh, Lord, we stand in the gap for the lost. We stand in the gap for this world today, God. Here we are, Lord Jesus. We stand up on our feet in the spirit, flat-footed, ready, God. We're not ready to give up, Lord, but we're ready to keep on going, Lord Jesus. We are ready, Lord Jesus. We're prepared, God. Have your way in our lives, God, and continue to lead us and guide us, Lord, in paths of righteousness, Lord Jesus. And every day we wake up, God. We face you, Lord, in, our, in your word, Lord Jesus. Guide us and direct us, Lord Jesus, as you make paths of righteousness for us to walk in, Lord, so that others may see the light in us and others may taste us as salt and know that you are good because they taste your word within us and say, that's good and I want it, God. Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name to be obedient to your word so that you can do through us what only you can do, Lord Jesus. Your plan has to be fulfilled, but it has to be fulfilled through us, Lord Jesus. So once again, we say we're up, Lord. We're up. We're not sleeping anymore, God. We're up, Lord Jesus. We're here, God. Our ears is open, God. 
We're, we're standing, God, militant, and we're ready. We're vigilant, God. Lord, we may not be put together. We may not have our full suit of clothes and armor on, waking up, Lord, looking like a mess, God, but we're up. We're up, God. You got it, God. You got our attention. Give us some, give us some time to get cleaned up a little bit, Lord, on the inside, God, but we're ready, Lord Jesus. We're getting our focus back, Lord. Have mercy on us, Lord Jesus, and prepare us for battle, Lord Jesus. And God will never fail to give you the praise and the glory and the honor because you deserve it, Lord. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Matt, for that word tonight. It was a very good word, very relevant. We are the remnant. Consider yourself a part of the remnant, please. Consider yourself a part of the remnant. And because you do that, consider yourself a part of the army. We've got to wake up prepared every morning. We may not feel prepared, but we can prepare ourselves with the word of God. Let's put on Christ.